Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. My name is Derek, and if this is your first time on the show, well, welcome. And in this episode, and better say in this podcast, we always talk about solo and cooperative board games. That's right. Once in a while, we also talk about a competitive one that it cannot be played solo, but everything is related to those called modern board games. So welcome, welcome. I'm very happy that you're here with me on the other side of the speaker. And this is episode number 85. Can you believe it? 85 episodes already. I'm so happy, so excited that I'm looking forward to that mythic episode 100. And I'm also trying to make something special for the last 10 or five episodes, you know, from episode 90, 91, and so on and so forth until we reach to 100. Uh, but let's see, let's see. I'm, I'm having, I have some projects in mind, some ideas. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what we can land, and then we go from there. Meanwhile, as you can read on the title, this is a very special episode because just as the previous one, where we mixed two games uh, in one episode, which it was weird and unique because usually it's one episode, one game per episode. I'm sorry. Uh, on the last one, we did a mix with Big Easy Bosking and Fire and the Library, both uh, published by World Gear Off Games. Now, on this one, uh, you know, I wanted to do something similar, but with another publisher that I love a lot and I like a lot. And I want to say thank you because these games, uh, well, one of these games were was sent to me for uh, review purposes, so completely free, so big disclosure over there. Uh, but regardless, you know that I always give you my honest opinion. And we're going to do a mix of two games that they share the same system. Uh, not the same difficulty, though, but the same system. And we're going to talk about both. And I'm talking about Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Escape from the Haunted Mansion, a coded chronicle game by the OP or USA, USAopoly, and also Escape from the Overlook Hotel, uh, from The Shining, from that franchise that I like and I love, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of you, my friends, that there, you guys are also fans of The Shining and fans of uh, Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick work, so yeah, that's a game that I was looking forward to to talk about. Um, you know, so we're going to talk about board, both uh, games. They both share uh, the same mechanic, similar mechanic, similar core, uh, because they both are uh, Coded Chronicles games, which I think is now the new line that the OP or USAopoly is going to follow, uh, you know, trying to put their uh, their franchises that they have agreements with uh, now in an escape, kind of escapish room format. Uh, but it's it's different, though. I will spoil you that already. It's different. And I'm going to tell you all about them in a little bit. Of course, I'm also going to tell you what I have been playing, which, oof, I have a game here on my on my gaming table. I usually record here, and I'm literally sitting here on my gaming table. Uh, and I have a masterpiece here. I really do. Um, it's a great game. One of the most anticipated games of 2021. Um, I was lucky enough to be a backer on Kickstarter <laughs> and because I usually back a lot of stuff and usually a lot of stuff is like, uh, you know, not very good games. But this one, I was lucky enough and it's it's a masterpiece so far, in my opinion, in a couple of games down, down the road now. So I will tell you a little bit about it too uh, because it's also a game that I cannot spoil too much because it has a narrative, it has a history, it has a 
story, very uh, better said, and it has a lot, a lot to offer, and I want for you to discover it. So that's why I won't spoil you too much. Anyway, uh, with that being said, let's start with episode number eighty-five. Like always, in three, two, one. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games, art, rules, gameplays, and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Alrighty, so now we are officially on episode number eighty-five. And I'm very excited to start with this episode because once again, we're going to talk about Scooby-Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion and The Shining Escape from the Overlook Hotel. Uh, both are uh, Coded Chronicles game, like I mentioned, and both are published by the OP Games. Meanwhile, meanwhile, let me jump and, you know, relax a little bit. You know, I'm very comfortable here by my gaming table and tell you, what I've been playing, and of course, talk about board games, because if you're here in this podcast, of course, you want to know, and you want to hear, and you want to, you know, talk with me about board games, and I, I wish there could be a better way to, uh, you know, sh change and switch opinions with you. Uh, probably in the future, um, we might do like a YouTube live of recording, uh, well, we record the episode as well, and that way we can interact in a chat or something. Uh, but anyway, before we keep going... Uh, I also want to uh, share with you the ways that you can support the show. Of course, you can do it by following us in our social media, which is at SoloBG Podcast on any platform, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, uh, if you want to shoot us an email, you can do it as well and support us to SoloBGPodcast at gmail.com. I always appreciate all the emails that you guys sent. Uh, and also, uh, most importantly, if you want to get some cool games, please go to www.kickstartedgames.com that's kickstarted with ed kickstartedgames.com and you can get 15% off from your total purchase if you put the code solobg all together solobg and you get 15% off from your total purchase from uh, apart from the uh, free shipping if you spend $100 or more and it's free shipping in the US so if you're in other uh, other country well, you can still get some games and use the code in that way. You know, you don't have to. Well, you will pay for shipping, but you will get 15% off. So it will make it even. So you get the idea. Anyway, that's another way that you can support the show. More importantly as well, uh, please, if you can go to iTunes and review the podcast over there and write uh, a comment, that would really help the show to keep going as well and to reach to more uh, listeners. Anyway, recently I've been playing Gods Love Dinosaurs from... Uh, Pandasaurus game, uh, Pandasaurus games. I believe I mentioned that I played this one before because one of my friends owned a copy. But I got a copy for myself. I went to the game store. Of course, I'm always encouraging you, encourage, encouraging. I'm sorry, everyone to support their local gaming stores. Uh, and I went and got a copy for myself from my local gaming store, which is called Game Preserve, uh, here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I went and I got the game and I played it with my wife uh, about two nights ago. Uh, two players. Last time I played, I played three players, and it was a very, very, very fun family, familiar game or family game. Uh, basically, what you're doing is that you are a god uh, from a planet, and you love dinosaurs, and you want dinosaurs to be, 
to evolve and to you know exist in 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 the world so what are you doing it's like a tile placement game so you will be choosing tiles every turn and you're going to be laying it down on your uh, ecosystem uh, and you can get start to get like little frogs little rats uh, little rabbits uh, and as you're getting tiles from each column you're going to activate certain animals and those little um you know, little animals like frogs, rabbits, and 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 uh, rats—they're gonna start to reproduce themselves and and multiply themselves. Then, eventually, you're gonna get some tiles that they're gonna give you some predators, and those predators can eat those prey. Uh, so the tigers, for example, and the eagles—they will eat uh, rabbits, uh, frogs, um, rats, and then you're gonna have dinosaurs that they're gonna start to come in on your ecosystem, and they're gonna eat. The big guys, the predators, they're going to eat the tigers and the eagles. And the more eagles and tigers that they eat, well, they're going to get more dinosaur eggs that you will be able to hatch every time that there's a dinosaur activation by emptying a column from where the dinosaur is because you have a main board with different columns where there's, where the tiles are there. So basically it's like that. You're, you're getting tiles, you're placing them on your ecosystem, you're uh, uh, multiplying your little animals, your little prey, your little predators, and then the dinosaurs getting more eggs. And at the end of the game, whoever has more eggs uh, and dinosaurs, they will, those will represent victory points, will be the winner. I think it's a game that I like a lot. I honestly, it's a game that I like. I think it's a game that I would recommend to... Uh, to any family, uh, even for couples as well. I think it's a, it's a cute game. I think the components are cute. I think it has very nice uh, meeples, you know, like the frog meeples and the rat meeples, the rabbit meeples, the dinosaur meeples. Everything is very cute, very nice. Uh, the production is is, is, is nice. Uh, the price, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an accessible price because I got it for a, around 40 American, American dollars. Uh, but I don't know if this game could be a little bit more, you know, I guess lower on the cost because um I mean it's it's a very basic game and easy game. I, I can see this game being at a at a good price for thirty dollars, let's say. Uh but at the at the same time, I mean it's fun. It's fun and uh, I recommend it, especially if you have little kids. I think this is a game where it will be very easy uh, you know, to teach them and it will have a cool uh, interaction with the family. You ha you just have to be careful with the small meeples, though, because the little animals, like the frogs and all the little prey, better said, they're very small, so it's it's easier for a, for a toddler probably to just grab it and and unfortunately put it on their mouth. So just be aware of that if you get the game. But other than that, I think it's a fun game. I would recommend it. And in fact, this is a game that I actually might bring uh, to friends and to family that they don't play board games, you know, because. I feel like those are. This is kind of like a. I always mention like a window game or like a door game, where uh, can wake up the interest on other people to actually dive in into our hobby. So there you go. God's love dinosaurs. I don't regret buying it. Don't get me wrong. Forty dollars still. I think it's still worth it, but I think it's a little bit overpriced um, because it's a very simple game. But I understand as well the production is very cute. So, so there is. I mean, it's a very average price anyway. So, Gods Love Dinosaurs. If you have a chance, check it out. That, once again, is published by Pandasaurus Games. Um, and, and yeah, I hope you can check it out. And, and if you get it, once again, I don't think you will regret. doesn't play solo, though. That's your thing. It doesn't play solo. But um, at the same time, it's a fun for two players, three players, four players. I already tried it in those three modalities. I think you can play up to five players. So I don't know how, how we'll feel with five players. With four players, I think it was very cool. 
Um, but I, I don't think it would vary that much. But anyway, check it out. That was God's Love Dinosaurs. I also been playing. Here is the thing. I don't want to spoil you. I really don't. But so far, this game, I mean, I will do an episode about it for sure during the year. But this game is definitely going to be on my top five games of this year. I dare to say that it might be on my top three games of 2021. And the only word that I have to describe it right now, once again, only playing it two times, all right? Only a couple of playthroughs. A masterpiece. That's it. Simple as that. A masterpiece. And uh, once again, I'm going to do an episode about it, but I'm talking about Sleeping Gods from uh, Red Raven Games and designed by Ryan Lockett and his wife, which I forgot her name. And I'm sorry, you know what? Let's give some credit. I have their rule book here because, like I told you, I'm at my table and, you know, I'm, I'm very relaxed talking to you and um, and having a good time. Let's see. I'm, I'm trying to open the rule book here to see if I can find the the credits, which I don't. Oh, my God. Uh, well... It's it it the the whole story of the game, uh, which is gonna be a, a story that you're gonna be following on a storybook. It's made by uh, Ryan Lockett's uh, wife and by himself. So there you go. The credit to the to the Lockett uh, couple. Uh, fantastic, fantastic game. Um, like I said, a masterpiece. This is from the same designers and publishers that of Near and Far and Above and Below. But I have played all uh, you know those games as well. But this one. This one, oh man, I mean, it's it's unique, you know. They're just, they also have a very simple game called Megaland, uh, which is a very, uh, I guess, uh, like entryway for these type of games. Um, very easy, very basic. Great family game, by the way, as well. Uh, but this one, Sleeping Gods, is just so, so much. It's, it's so immersive. It's great. The story is fantastic. The characters are great. The production is great. Um and I don't want to spoil you anymore. I mean, I'm already doing it, you know. But it's because I'm excited. It's it's a it's a it's gonna be on my top three of this of this year. So that's Sleeping Gods, and I'm looking forward to keep playing. I'm looking forward to finish my campaign and play it again with more people. In that way, I can uh, at least give you my input of how does it play solo uh, versus cooperative. Uh, but I can see for this game to being a big thing among solo gamers. Uh, so that's a good thing, right? So anyway, I don't want to spoil you uh, anymore. So Sleeping Gods, there you go, uh, masterpiece <laughs> so far. And and we're going to talk about it, uh, you know, in a future episode. So stay tuned to that. Uh, also, I've been playing another game that it was sent to me by my dear friends, from IDW Games, uh, actually my friend Brittany from over there, she was very kind and sent me a copy of uh, Ghostbusters Blackout and Invader Sim. Uh, Invader Sim is a small small game in a kind of like in a tin can, uh, very cute, like kind of like the Naruto uh, Shippuden game as well that we talk about it in the past. Uh, anyway, uh, Ghostbusters Blackout by IDW. You know, there's a, another big massive. Actually, there's two big massive uh, board games uh, with uh, a Ghostbusters um, franchise, but I believe they were made by Cryptozoic. Kind of like a zombie side type of game. 
Uh, I remember ha owning one and I let it go because it was too much for what I thought it should be for the Ghostbusters. And then they sent me this one by IDW, of course, completely different uh, publisher. And uh, it's more like a, a combination of pandemic uh, and uh, not pandemic, what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yes and no. It's like a combination of pandemic, but also like a King of Tokyo-ish kind of mechanics. So I put some pictures uh, on our Instagram and Facebook at Solo BG Podcast in case you want to check it out. Uh, I'm also do looking forward to do an episode about it. Uh, it's based on the on the comics, though. It's not based on the movies. It's completely based on the comics, uh, which I believe they're also published by IDW. Uh, and you can play one of the things that I like. I'm going to spoil you a little bit. Is that you can play with the classic uh, characters uh, from the Ghostbusters, which they also the same characters from the movies, uh, or you can play with new characters that I'm assuming they're from the comics. Uh, a couple of girls there and stuff. So I like that they were more inclusive on this game. Um, the production is cool, and I'm once again I'm going to do an episode about that game as well, and I'm looking forward to tell you all about it in more detail very soon because that episode is coming very soon. Uh, another game that I've been playing, it's another game that I uh, backed on Kickstarter. And one of those big pledges from Simon are Cool Mini or Not games. And I'm talking about Bloodborne, the board game. Uh, which is designed by Eric M. Lang, and I don't remember who's the other designer, and I apologize for that, um, but it's by, by uh, Cool Mini or not. So Bloodborne, I did, the, I think it's called the Moon Pledge, which is not the whole mongus um, of boxes that some people receive now with the Kat, Katia, Katia Challenge over there on the Facebook uh, where people are, you know, measuring their height on, on, on board game boxes. Looking forward to do that actually on myself. And, and, and that way you can you can see me over there on our social media and around the Facebook groups. But uh, I only got four boxes, which I believe was the Moon Pledge. I think it's what it was called. Um, so far, so far so good. I had to say, right? It took me a while. It took me a couple of games to grasp the rules uh, because I feel like the rule book, it, it was not very straightforward. But... After a couple of playthroughs with a lot of mistakes, I was able to grasp the rules now, and then I play a full game like I, which, but I believe, uh, no mistakes uh, under rules wise, and I lost. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, it has some cool stuff, some interesting things. It has some other things that mm, you know I didn't enjoy them as much. But I feel like since I spent a lot of money uh, and uh, <laughs> on the pledge. And uh, since also it's it's a big production, I feel like it also deserves their episode. And I'm pretty sure like a lot of you amazing listeners have been also wondering about that game because it's going to hit retail, that's for sure. Uh, it's a cool mini or not game. It's going to hit retail. There's only a few things from stretch goals that you get uh, Kickstarter exclusives, I believe, uh, like token replacements with 3D minis and stuff uh, and some heroes. But the base game, you're going to get it on retail. So I'm going to try to push that episode forward in the way we can have it very soon. Um, in the way we can talk about it and I can tell you all about it. But I also want to play it more in that way, uh, you know, I can give you an honest review uh, of the game. And lastly, I also been playing D&D. &D. You know, this this year I started a campaign of D&D, &D, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, online through Discord. With uh, with also actually with my co-host from the Spanish version of Solo BG Podcast, which is Solo BG Podcast in Español, with El Chino, and uh, we started a D and D campaign every other Friday, and he's the dungeon master, 
and it's so fun. It's actually my first uh, immersive experience with a role-playing game. And even through online, you know, through Discord, which, of course, this year, I mean, it's because of pandemic, it's, you know, very chaotic. But also because we are all in different cities, uh, we're able to play it online and, and, you know, and, and use the technology where we can share characters, stats, and stuff through through the D&D app. And then through Discord, I mean, you, there's a way that you can roll your dice over there for everybody to see. And there's also a way that they can put music and that way we all listening to the same background music and stuff. And it has been very fun, actually. It has been very fun. Uh, you know, my character, uh, he is an elf, a wood elf. And he's been saving the day a couple of times already. Uh, but I don't know what's, what's going what's to happen with him because he has a very, very uh, chaotic uh, background as well where, uh, you know, his family was, you know, slaughtered by some orcs that we don't know which class of orcs. And just my character is full of revenge and trying to avenge his family and his kingdom because he's a prince. He's a, an elf prince. So he uh, went out of his land and took a couple of uh, ships in order to to sail away from his land and try to do some more research on on who are those uh, particular class of orcs that they went and raided his island or his family island. So anyway, the story will keep evolving, and like I said, it's so fun. I highly recommend it. Actually, if you have a, a group of friends that you know that they can do Discord or Skype or something like that and are willing to do it, I highly recommend and encourage to everybody to get the experience of a role-player game. It's so fun, and, and you know, it's great. Actually, there's a, a few kind of like a role-playing games out there for solo modes, like 4 Against the Darkness and stuff. But if you can get the experience, once again, with real people <laughs> and, 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 you know, immerse, let immerse yourself on, on those uh, worlds of Dungeons & Dragons, please do, or Pathfinder or whatever. Uh, because I think it's very rewarding and it's cool also to interact and it's fun. I think you it, sometimes it's cool just to let your your, imagine, your imagination go and roll some dice and see what happens and you know make um, force yourself to make a story as well from your character. So it's it's very cool and I loved it so far. Anyway, let's keep going because it, the time keeps going and we need to keep talking about games. Uh, we're gonna talk about Scooby Doo. Where are you? Escape from the haunted mansion, a Coded Chronicles game. And also, The Shining Escape from the Overlook Hotel. So let's start with the Scooby-Doo one, and then we jump into the other one. And because of that, I mean, it's hard for me to jump and be doing like an inside the box, in box and cover. I'm just going to talk about this game. The first this game, tell you all about it, and then we jump into the next one, and I will be sharing my, th- my thoughts with you on every uh, one of them. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a pause where we're going to put a commercial between one of those, of course, from our dear sponsor, Kickstarter Games. But yeah, it, it's going to be more, this is right now, like I'm more like, you know, I'm drinking some tea here, uh, and you uh, probably have a drink with you as well. Uh, no judgment zone. If you're drinking a beer or something, that's fine. <laughs> uh, please do. And, uh, you know, we're just going to talk about games, okay? So here it goes. We're talking about Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Where are you? Escape from the Haunted Mansion. Once again, it's a game, uh, a Coded Chronicles game by the OP Games. And it plays 12-year-plus and one or more uh, players. Uh, the size of the box, imagine like a small uh, pizza. <laughs> Actually, it's like the same box of a... You can probably put a small pizza inside. Don't do it. But it's the same kind of box. And then on the sides, uh, you have the title of the game as well. 
uh, published by the OP once again at Code Chronicle Games. And then on the one of the sides you have Scooby telling you like, "Hey, what's up?" And on the other side as well. And it's once again giving you the title. The premise is that in this Coded Chronicles game, take on the role of teen slots and their courageous cannon pile, Scooby-Doo, the code you weighed out of the haunted mansion in this cooperative experience for the whole gang. Can you solve the mystery of Lady Fairmont's ghost with the help of Mystery Inc.? And uh, the components that you're going to get on the back, of course, is not going to tell you a setup of the game because uh, that will be spoiling. Basically, you're going to be... But I will tell you a little bit about it. Uh, basically, they will be spoiling you a lot on the bo- on the back of the box. It says, though, they have three levels of difficulty of this uh, series of Coded Chronicle games. Easy, medium, and hard. This is medium. And it also tells you that the components that you're going to find inside, it's uh, five narrative books, 13 map tiles, 60 clue cards, Eight secret envelopes, which they're always very fun. One chapter, two envelope. Five character standees, so you don't worry about painting minis. And one mystery uh, uh, manual. This game is designed by Jay Cormier and San Fong Ling. Um, and I'm moving here the box. Uh, it doesn't have too much stuff going on moving. So basically the premise of this game, let's jump inside the box after I told you the components. Basically the premise of this game is that you're gonna have a rule book, and it's gonna tell you all about. It. It's gonna tell me. It's gonna tell you read, read me first, and for example, just the intro, right? Um, you know, the intro is the same thing that I told you in the box, and then basically I don't want to spoil you anymore. But I will spoil you what's going on at the beginning, and then in that way you can start to get excited about how the game will evolve. Basically, and I mentioned this in a previous episode. Basically, the Scooby Doo gang, they're going in their mystery machine on the, you know, nice uh, uh, Fergonet. They're driving during the night, the middle of the night, and then they run, well, they didn't run out of gas, but the Chenk engine light comes on, and the mystery machine stops on the highway, right? On the middle of nowhere, basically. Now the whole gang gets uh, down of the vehicle, trying to see what's going on, and then they see a mansion or a house on top of a hill. So they decide it's a good idea, to go over there and check it out, right? And ask for help, of course. So there you go, all the gang going with their different characteristics, of course, Shaggy, very scary and Scooby as well, and Fred more, you know, a valiant on front. And they basically go, they knock on the door on the mansion, and then a big, 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 big tall guy opens the door, he welcomes them in, and then the story evolves because now they cannot leave the mansion. So there you go. I don't want to spoil you anymore. Then that's where the game is going to start. Um, and the game actually comes with different manuals, one for Daphne. You're going to have one for Velma as well. You're going to ha- have one for Shaggy, one for Scooby, and one for Fred. On this game, one of the cool things is that, or one of the mechanics is that you don't control a particular characters. All the players on the table control each character. And also you're going to have the standees. So basically how, how it's going to work is that everything is going to be in secret. Uh, so I cannot spoil you anything. But you're going to reveal, as you read the rule book, as you keep going on the game, you're going to reveal one tile. And it's going to be, let's say, just not to spoil you, let's say it's, a, it's a, I don't know, the main entrance, right? And there's this big room with furniture and stuff. And each furniture or each... Um, area on the room, each door, will have uh, three numbers, all right? Now, each character 
will have also, which each Stanley will have a number too. Like, for example, uh, Daphne will be number three, Daf uh, Vilma number one, Fred number five, Shaggy number two, and um, uh, Scooby number one. I'm sorry, number four. So, and each character as well will have a different ability. For example, Shaggy likes to smell. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Scooby likes to smell, Shaggy likes to eat, Fred likes to investigate, Vilma likes to research, and Daphne likes to use tools and stuff. So, uh, let's say you want to investigate uh, the table. And if you think there's food on the table, or if you think that you know the table is worth to smell, probably Scooby can smell something on the table and see what kind of food was there. Well, once again, that table on that tile is going to have three numbers. Let's say one, two, three. So you're going to uh, place Scooby there, which starts with, he always has the number four. So now it's going to be four, one, two, three. You're going to go to a Scooby, to a Scooby uh, uh, guide or Scooby book uh, on, on his character, and you're going to go directly to look for that number. If that number is there, which usually will be, uh, they uh, will tell you if you find a hint or something, and it will probably tell you, like, well, now you found this, now let's get this style and place it on the side or whatever, or you find this item, please take it from this envelope, and so on and so forth. Or it will tell you, oh, this, there is a miss. Scratch one of your Scooby Snacks. Because at the end and be, uh, the back part of the rule book, you're also going to have uh, certain numbers of attempts or a Scooby Snack Tracker where you're going to be losing opportunities, you know, to to basically uh, succeed on your mission or on your investigation. But also you can uh, use these Scooby Snacks to get hints uh, that they can guide you on the back of the rulebook and give you get, get you help if you're stuck at some point on a certain uh, part. But if you waste all the Scooby Snacks, well, guess what? You lose uh, the game. Now... You can play this game in different se in different sessions. Like you can play it. I believe they recommend like up to three sessions because once once uh, you open a certain numbers of envelopes, then then you can put a pause and save your items, take a picture. Probably that would be the better better idea. That's how we did it, uh, and you know, and keep going on the mission. Uh, or you can just have a very long uh, you know session. And try to solve the whole thing, and and that's basically what you're gonna find inside a bunch of envelopes, a bunch of tiles, uh, a deck of cards that you're not supposed to shuffle or look, and the standees and everybody's every character's uh, book. What well, now? The cool thing is that you don't have to. Let's say you're having a three-player game. It's not like you're gonna be like, well, I will use Daphne and I will be Vilma and Daphne. No, it's more like, okay, it's my turn to choose. Uh, you know, I might choose to for Fred to go in here in that way uh, we can research or you can do it fully cooperative and fully discussion like what do you think guys I think Fred should go there because he's better investigating this uh, uh, wall this frame wall this frame on the wall or or I think uh, what do you think guys I mean Shaggy is it's always trying to eat why why don't we send him to the to the fridge to see what he can find over there and probably we will get a clue things like that I think um you know, that way of that mechanic, it really helps for either develop a good solo experience, but at the same time, a good group experience without being stuck to a one character only. So with that being said, let's jump right now, straight forward, where we're talking about this game. Uh, what do I think about this game? 
if I think the game plays better solo or cooperative. Uh, I think this game in particular, I'm going to say it out of the bat, I think this game uh, plays better uh, cooperative. I think this game, it was, um, you know, made in order for couples to play it or even a group of friends, a group of four or five people. I know it says one or more, but I think if you get a big group of people like six or seven or eight, then it can fall a little bit boring for some players and it has that risk of like just two or three people also suggesting everything and doing anything if you get the idea. So I think this game plays very well two players, three players, one player as well, but it's not as fun as with two or three players or even a four. I never tried at four, but I think at four should work great. Um, solo, it's good. I try, you know, a couple of missions solo, but I didn't enjoy as much. And just to get the feeling uh, because I wanted to see, but definitely I think this is a, a more uh, cooperative experience that you will enjoy, especially if you like the Scooby-Doo theme. Um, especially if you can play it with your kids, that would be a great game too to play it with your kids. I played with my wife most of the uh, most of the story, and uh, I actually we had a blast, you know, because we both uh, grew up watching Scooby Doo the cartoons back from the good old days, uh, and and we were even uh, singing, you know, the Scooby Doo Doo Where Are You and all the stuff. And actually, after we finished playing the game, we went and watched a couple of of the episodes from the old um, show just to uh, give some relief to the nostalgia aspect of it. Uh, and it was fun. One downside of the game, though, well, it's a downside at the same time, no. But anyway, uh, this game, uh, I believe the price of this game is like $20 or something like that. So it's very affordable, and, and it's it's some sort of like a disposable game in a way because the replayability, the replayability I mean, unless you finish the game and then you um, put the game away and bring it back like a year or something after and that way you probably forgot about things that's that's one thing that it can probably help you with the replayability but other than that the replayability on this game is none why because you follow through the story you solve the mystery and that's it I mean there's nothing else you solve the mystery you're good to go you finish the movie of Scooby-Doo and now you have to give the game to somebody else or like I said, or, or keep it for you and just wait and wait a decent amount of time. And then you bring friends, you bring friends, I'm sorry, and, and you can bring them to them and try to play it again. And you probably will forget about a lot of stuff, but you probably will still remember a lot of stuff. Um, but that's if, if, if you want to call the downside, right? Uh, but at the, at the same time, it's a cool game that you can get. You can play with your family. You can play with your friends. And then give it to another family or give it to another friends in that way they can have the experience. I think that's a very uh, nice thing that the game can aim for in that aspect of sharing. Um, but even right now with COVID times, well, who, who knows, right? But um, but there is. I just wanted to throw it out there. Other than that, I don't think there's anything wrong with the game. I think the production is good. The the story is cool. The way that evolves, the mechanics of you know opening envelopes and and the numbers of each character had to matching with the numbers on each furniture and stuff and door. I think it's great. I actually Jonathan, which you have heard him in in uh, previous podcast, his thing uh, is escape rooms uh, and escape room type of games. And I have played uh, escape room games that he has le- he has lended to me 
those ones that literally you have one hour to complete and that's it. And I'm not good at those and, and, and my wife either. And we're like always losing and, you know, getting frustrated a little bit. And we're like, ah, oh, we only got one hour and we got that pressure as well. In these ones, you don't get any time uh, pressure on it. It's more like the track of, you know, missing hints and stuff. So you have all the time in the world, honestly. You don't have that pressure. And I loved it. I loved it that you don't have a time to finish Escape Room or a, or a Coded Chronicle game better, sir. I love that aspect. I also love the mechanic aspect of, once again, interacting with the characters. Each character has a certain number and ability, and you start to combine those numbers and, and put that puzzling together, and then you go and get the flavor story on the books and, and the flavor text, and, and you can see how the, the characters evolve with the story, and they start to find more stuff. And even, like, cool things when you open certain envelopes and, oh, now this cool token that it's a nice hint or clue. And remember that, uh, like, uh, you know, about like an hour ago, we were looking on this part of the mansion. Well, that has to do with this thing now. And, and it's it's great experience, to be honest. I really enjoyed it. And I'm not a fan of escape rooms. But these type of games, the Coded Chronicles games, I'm all for it. And I'm looking forward to see more games more with the different franchises that uh, the OP uh, has agreement with. So to the Scooby-Doo one, to finish the review on the Scooby-Doo, where are you? I think I give it a solid four. In the category of escape rooms, I liked it a lot. Once again, I'm not an escape room person, but Scooby-Doo, uh, the escape from the Haunted Mansion, really feel my enjoyment, really feel my heart really feel my nostalgia, and I did enjoy it a lot, and I highly recommend it because I think it's a theme that it will be appeal appealing for mostly all of us because we all remember Scooby-Doo. And once again, if you play it solo, you might have a great experience as well. It's just that I had a better experience with my wife and with three players. Uh than solo, but I can see definitely as well having fun solo if if that's the only option. So check it out; it's very accessible. Once again, Scooby Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion, and we're gonna jump into The Shining after this. Are you looking for that Kickstarter game that you missed during the Kickstarter campaign? Are you looking for that awesome and mythic expansion for one of your favorite board games? Are you sad because you didn't got the Kickstarter version of that game? Or perhaps you are like me and like to get a game with Kickstarter exclusive components and stretch goals. Well, don't look any further and go right now to kickstartergames.com. There you will find Kickstarter board games, expansions, Kickstarter exclusive content, graphic novels, RPG novels, toys and collectibles, and much more. Kickstarter Games is my favorite site to go and get those amazing games that I want to have on my gaming collection. Plus, they offer free shipping in the US when you spend $99 or more. And if that wasn't enough, right now you can get a 15% off if you use the code SOLOBG. That's right, use the code SOLOBG altogether and obtain 15% off from your total purchase. So go right now and check it out while you listen to this episode. Once again, www.kickstartedgames.com and enjoy all those amazing games.
Alrighty, where is Johnny? The Shining, a Coded Chronicles games. And I have the box here. Big disclosure, once again, this game was uh, sent completely free uh, to me by our cool friends from the OP USAopoly, The Shining at Coded Chronicles game. There's another board game by the OP that is horrible. Awful. <laughs> and sorry, my friends from the OP, but it's The Shining, the board game. That one, oof, don't try it, don't get it. But this one, this one, it's a different story. Um, let's see. So The Shining, you, on the main cover, the size of the box is like a, it's like a, you know, like the same size of a book. Very nice, small box. Escape from the Overlook Hotel game, and you have Jack Torrance. Uh, the silhouette, at least of Jack Torrance, the main guy, you know, Jack Nicholson with the axe on the main cover with some blood drawing from the axe. And then you have the little kid, which I will tell you the name in a little bit. Uh, the We have the journal from Wendy. Let's see. Wendy Torrance. Danny. You have Danny, <laughs> Danny on his little tricycle uh, running around the hallways of the hotel towards the, el towards the bloody elevators. Um... It says that it's 17-year-old plus. I totally agree. This is not for kids. Um, any place, one or more players. The Shining on the sides, you have the Room 237 uh, little keychain over there. And it's uh, this, uh, once again, published by the OP Games and on the same systems as Scooby-Doo. But once again, this is not a family game. Don't play with your kids. This is <laughs> a grown-ups game. Uh, Coded Chronicles uh, game system. As soon as you open it, well, let's talk about the back of the box before we jump inside. Uh, let's see. The Shining, this is, uh, remember that I told you that these games come in a different difficulty setting where easy, medium, and hard? Well, Scooby-Doo was medium. This is hard. Uh, avoid falling prey to Jack Torrance and the Overlook Hotel in this suspenseful Coded Chronicles game. You will be challenged to find a way out of the hotel alive by taking the roles of Wendy and Danny to uncover new clues and puzzles to escape the madness of Jack and the Overlook Hotel in this cooperative escape room style game. In Coded Chronicles, players use members depicted on various components to create codes in journals that provide clues to unlock 11 envelopes full of new puzzles and items to let you out of the hotel. Using the Shining will only help you so much in this high-anxiety one-time gameplay experience. There you go. The replayability, it's off the board. It's only one time. What are you going to find inside? Four journals. And those journals are written by no other than Wendy Terrence, the wife. And we're going we're gonna to uh, talk about the journals in a little bit. Four room tiles. 44 clue cards, 11 secret envelopes, one act two envelope, two character standees for Danny uh, and Wendy, and one hotel guest guide. And it's designed by the same designers, Jay Cormier and Sen Fung Ling, uh, and it's published by USAopoly or the OP Game. Illustrated locations from the iconic Overlook Hotel. So you get there, and more than 140 components included. So there's a lot to discover. As soon as you open the box, now we're inside the box, right? You're going to find the rule book, and it's going to tell you... This is the... Actually, it's not the rule book. I apologize. The Hotel Guest Guide. And it will tell you, read me first before something else. And it doesn't say before something else, but I made it. 
Um, here it goes. Are you ready? Welcome to the Overlook Hotel. Danny and Wendy need your help to escape. They really do. So I add that. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I, I like, uh, you know, adding flavor to the games with my awful <laughs> accent. Uh, something malevolent has sunk its claws into the very soul of Jack Torrance. And it's up to you to help his family escape from the Overlook Hotel before he finds them and does something unspeakable. Just like in the movie, you know, they are trying to run. And, you know, it really stressed me out in the movie how um, Wendy runs. I mean, I know she, she's a great, um, she was a great actress, or I hope, I don't know if she's still alive, but it really stressed me out how she runs, like, Danny, Danny, and moving her arms, like, I'm like, like, man, just run, you know, like, it seems like she doesn't want to run, but anyway, take on the roles of Wendy and Danny Torrance as you learn more about the twisted history of the Sinister Hotel. Can you keep your wits about you and solve the mystery of the Overlook Hotel? And that's it. Don't read this anymore, it says, because then then, then you will get in trouble, and I will get in trouble for spoiling you. Uh, for the setup, you, you know, you know, just kind of hand out the journals between as many different players as possible so that more people can participate in looking up for the results. They actually um, have, for that in that aspect, they're going to give you, once again, uh, two uh, journals from uh, Wendy, and one, it says, from 1,000 to 1,999, the other one from 2000 to 200,099. That's the basically the codes that you will be getting from, just like in the Scooby Doo one. And then you're also going to get the composition books, very cool. Uh, the composition book uh, from Danny Torrance, you know, like a very nice, a very nice school book, kind of old school. And then you're also going to get the, the Overlook Hotel Journal, which is the, the visitor book, which it also has another uh, series of entrance uh you know in order to get your your chronicles you're gonna get the envelopes very nice you're gonna get the standees and you're gonna get uh the first style which you're gonna start over there i don't want to spoil you but where you're gonna start but you know you're gonna start there and then a big envelope which is the act two uh which basically split um the acts in that way you can put pause on the game and keep going once again this game just like in the other one you can kind of pause it whenever you want just make sure you save it and then you have the characters. You have Danny, a standee, which he has the shine. He has the number four. And then uh, that's his ability. And then uh, you have Wendy, which is her ability is to look. Uh, and she's always, you know, trying to, you know, very curious about, you remember the movie, very curious about the hotel. So her ability is to look. And she has the number one. Danny has the number four. And basically, like the on the gameplay, like very similar to Scooby doing the, the core mechanic, you're gonna uh, split the journals if you like. Uh, let's say if you have four players, you're gonna give uh, uh, one player uh, one Wendy journal, the other player the Wendy journal, the other player the Danny journal, and the other player the the hotel the visitor um, uh, book to the other player. In that way, everybody has a journal, and wherever we refer to certain uh, code, well, that person will read that code. And you can take turns by manipulating um, the characters, uh, Wendy and Danny, in that way you can go to different areas. Um, the premise of this game is, once again, you, like in the movie, you are in the hotel, and your father, uh, or your husband, Jack Torrance, went stupidly crazy, and now <laughs> you're trying to survive. Um, and I was reading you the setup, actually, 
Uh, we're going to place the stack of room tiles face down, of course, because you're going to be uh, revealing them. And uh, you're going to place the deck of clue cards as well face down in numerical order. We don't shuffle because we're going to revealing them as, as the game is telling us. And the character standees uh, and the secret envelopes to the side. And we're going to start as soon as you start to open the envelopes and the fit on the on the first tile well then you're gonna you're gonna start uh, i i mean you're gonna start in the kitchen basically and then you're gonna go from there that's the whole spoil that i'm gonna give you and i didn't want to say it but i guess it doesn't it's not a big spoil uh and y that's it i mean you're just gonna basically following the movie and trying to investigate even the story can take you to uh, different ways um other than like what we saw in the movie. But basically, you're trying to investigate and get your, your way out from the hotel. And especially right now, at least here in Indiana, where it's snowing like crazy. You remember in the movie, it was the same. They spend the winter on the hotel, and it gets a lot of snow, and they cannot escape. Then they go to the library and stuff. Uh, and then, I'm sorry, this is a very old movie, and I hate to spoil you, but if you haven't watched it yet, I mean, you should. But there's a guy that froze to death. <laughs> Let's put it that way, towards the end. So I'm not going to tell you who, because I I mean, I still feel like you should watch it. So if you haven't, please do. Uh, so I'm going to save that spoil, The Shining. Check it out. And I actually, there's a, another uh, Shining movie, The Continuation, which it wasn't that bad, you know. Uh, and with Ewan McGregor, uh, he plays the role of Danny. But now as a grown-up, it wasn't that bad. I actually like it. Not, a, of course, nothing as close as, as I like the original Shining, but... I think it was a good sequel, you know, it was decent and it was fun too. So anyway, you're going to be working your way, uh, you know, with Danny and Wendy. Same same mechanic with Scooby-Doo. Let's say you you see a door and you think that Wendy should go and look and peek at the door because she was always looking through doors and rooms and stuff. Well, you're going to put Wendy there and she has the number uh, one, let's say, and that door is going to have uh, five, two, three. So then you're going to go into the journal to look for one, five, two, three, um, you know, and usually those ones will be from Wendy because that's how, how she started. And you're going to look and see if you actually f discover something, a hint, um, and you're going to keep going and the game is going to be telling you, okay, now get this clue card and this is going on and then get this envelope up and up. You get surprised, you get scared and so on and so forth. And you're also going to have an unscripted ending track where you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, basically keeping track of all the hints where you ask for hints and also uh, every time that you fail uh, in that way if you fill it out well you lose the game uh, and also at, at the back there's a hints chart in case you want to use a hint uh, now it has a, a note that it also the Scooby-Doo does it says well this game can be reset to be enjoyed with a different group the story like the movie version of The Shining remains the same uh, so that's basically it I mean the replayability we'll talk about it in a little bit but anyway that's how you how you uh, are going to be playing the game, basically. The rule books are, is very straightforward. I didn't mention on the Scooby-Doo, but this one, it's a uh, seven-double-sided rule book. I think the Scooby-Doo is the same. Uh, and it's basically very straightforward, guiding you what to do on every, on every step. And I didn't mention something important. These two games, they end with a score. So, for example... Uh, they will have achievement levels uh, depending on the number of unscripted ending, like I mentioned before, the hints. Uh, if you get uh, zero, well, one with the shining, and you are king, and Kubrick will be proud. Then if you ended up with one to two, mental monster, three to five, and so on and so forth, nine or plus, well, you're a dull boy and stuff. Uh, so anyway, these games are based on score. In that way, you can see where you fall. 
And once again, I mean, you can repack it and enjoy it. Why not? With friends. And it's like watching the movie again and let them be surprised. Now, what do I think about this game? And do I think if this game plays a better solo or uh, cooperative? I do believe that The Shining, The Shining, it ties at the same level of excitement play if you play it one player and if you're playing two players or three players. This one, for example, I wouldn't play it more than three players. Why? Because this is more uh, an intimate, um, yeah, more intimate experience. Like Scooby-Doo is more fun. It's more like, yeah, let's go there. Let's discover. Let's go together, work as a group, work as a gang, the mystery gang. And yeah, cool. Let's so, oh, yeah, cool. We open this envelope and tokens. This one it's more intimate. It's more, um, it's more mature. It's more uh, engaging. It gives you some anxiety as well. Uh, so this one, I definitely feel like it will play perfectly solo, and it will play perfectly two players, three players, no more than that. It, I feel like this one in a bigger group, it might feel like not as mature as the game is intended to be. So that's why I do believe, honestly, that this game should be played solo or two or three players top. Plus, on the other game, you're able to manipulate more characters. You have all the mystery gang. Uh, you have Scooby-Doo, so that's cool. This one, even if you split the journals, you only have two characters to manipulate or to work with. So that also makes it more intimate. Um I think the story on this one definitely is way more immersive than the Scooby-Doo. The Scooby-Doo, it's a cool story and it's engaging. But this one is more immersive. This one is more thinking. The, definitely the difficulty for the puzzly parts is there. Uh, once again, the system, I just love it. I mean, I cannot get enough from the system. of For this system, for escape room-ish uh, type games, uh, I look forward to more franchises from the OP to be brought to this kind of game, where aquatic chronicle games. I'm sorry. I also don't see myself getting rid or getting rid of any of these ones, um, even if they both have the same problem with the replayability. That once again, when you re if you replay it, you won't get probably a surprise experience again. You might if you forget certain things, but at the same time, it's like watching a cool movie. You know, it's like I mean, if you watch The Shining again. Uh, you won't get probably scared or, or whatever, but you will still enjoy it. You will still love it. I feel like the, here, exact, especially with The Shining, I feel like it's the same. It's like enjoying the movie again. And I think they did a great job with these franchises, with these franchises, I'm sorry, to bring it in at this type of game. Like I said, the board game from The Shining, at least from the OP, it didn't work out for me. And, and I and I asked friends and it didn't work for them either. But this way of the Code Chronicle game, it does work great. So, I think for The Shining, I will give it a solid 4 as well. I think these are games that I like it. Now, if I had to be like, Derek, let's just rate game on talking about specifically to escape, uh, escape room games. Escape room games only. Not any other board game included. The Shining probably will be a 4.5 out of 5. It's just great. It's very mature. I love the team. Uh, I probably that's a big bias that I love the franchise. Uh, but I think it's great, and I think you should try it. I definitely see this game being great for couples 
and get a uh, you know a couple of glasses of wine and play it one session and then a couple of nights after get another glass of wine and, p- and play another session i think this is in fact i think now in this valentines uh you know times i recommend this game for couples or for two player games or or even for solo players but because it's valentine's month i guess i will recommend it for couples so anyway uh, this is a great game check it out the shining a coded chronicles game and that was all for today's episode i hope you enjoyed it and i actually want to ask you if you enjoy this system better of talking about two games per episode or if you prefer uh, for me to go to the one to the style that we uh, that I usually do, which is one um, game per episode, I'm still gonna do it though because there are some big epic games coming onto the podcast, such as Sleeping Gods and Bloodborne. But if you actually enjoy uh, this kind of system of mixing two games in an episode, I might still do it for small games uh, or medium games. In that way, I can talk about two games in an hour or so. And I can discuss them as well. So let me know your thoughts once again on our social media at SoloBG Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also shoot, uh, shoot me an email, solobgpodcast at gmail.com. Or please uh, write a comment on iTunes or any streaming service that you are listening to this podcast, this po- this podcast through. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for being in an op- another episode with me. Once again, episode 85. And I hope you enjoy it. And I will have an episode for you very soon again. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Stay tuned. Play a lot. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. <laughs>